Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? But I think there's a real realisation in the US that we need more women at the top. And it's actually proven that if we back women, they give us a 35% higher return on investment on our money. Kate Vale is an absolute powerhouse and has had a distinguished career in the technology and digital industries with over two decades of experience across major digital brands, including Spotify, where she was Managing Director of Australia and New Zealand, and prior to that was Head of YouTube Australia and New Zealand, as well as the first in-region employee for Google as the Head of Sales and Operations Australia and New Zealand. So Kate knows a fair bit about the topic that we are going to cover today. Kate is currently a general partner at Alivia Ventures, which is based out of Los Angeles, where she currently resides. Aliavia is an early stage venture capital fund that invests in US and Australian based female founders, building world changing enterprise and consumer tech companies. Please enjoy this wonderful conversation. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Shell. How exciting to be chatting with one of my besties. I'm excited for today. How cool. And here you are in uh, LA and I'm here in Sydney. And if there is one thing you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? It would be the lack of funding for female founders. And I know you probably have quite a few female founders listening in right now. Yeah, great topic. I love it. And so why is that such a passion point for you? I've been a, a, an executive in the tech world for, for quite a long time and always passionate about supporting women that I work with. And that kind of drove me to, to come together with my, my business partner, who actually you introduced me to, uh, Marissa Warren, who's also an Australian living over here. Both of our passion for supporting females in, in the workplace got us together to establish a fund, Aliavia Fund. The reason we're doing this is really the lack of funding that goes to women. And in fact, in the US just last year, we hit an all-time high of 2.7% of all venture capital funding going to female founders. Now, it's just a shocking statistic in itself. And given Marissa's and my background, really drove us to, to do what we're doing here today. It's phenomenal, 2.7% of all funding in any business is only to female founders. That that's like, is shocking, as you're saying. And especially, what are the statistics, I imagine, I know in Australia that um, a lot of businesses and potentially small businesses, I guess, are founded by females. So I think the skew would be like the opposite, wouldn't it, in terms of the number of female founded businesses versus those that are being funded? Yes. And I mean, when you think about it, we really need to increase diversity of, of funders. So there's not a lot of women funders or, or general partners in venture capital firms. So quite often what is happening is these women who have got ideas, sometimes gender specific as well to women, are pitching to men, usually old white men, because that's what makes up most of the VC firms. Uh, and therefore quite often men don't really get the concept of what they're doing. 
But I still believe in this women supporting women concept. And uh, if we are to increase funding, uh, we really need to increase the number of general partners in, in VCs. And it's devastatingly low in Australia. So Marissa and I are two out of 10 female general partners in the venture capital world in Australia. I mean, the situation is a little bit better here in the US, but we still have a long way to go. In Australia, Marissa and I are the only uh, VC firm that focuses solely on women entrepreneurs and founders. Uh, and, and in the US over here, I think there's maybe six or seven that, that focus on women. Um, so we have a really long way to go there. And whether that's female-focused funds or women being promoted within venture capital funds to the top. So we really need to see more women reaching that that status of uh, general partner within the VC firms to really tackle this problem. Yeah, so interesting. And I think a lot of people probably wouldn't be aware of, you know, that stuff that you just talked about. Talk me through how you decide to support or to fund a business. So predominantly your all your businesses that you are funding are in Australia or both in Australia and the US? So our thesis is um, we support female tech founders in Australia and the US. At the moment, uh, our portfolio companies, we're sitting at about 50% actually, which is which is great. There must be at least one female founder on the founding team with a significant equity share and a C-level role. We have to have that in order for Marissa and I to even engage with them or, or talk to them about potential funding. And what sort of stage to, is it startup or for, you know, could be businesses that are, you know, two or three years old or, you know, they want to kind of grow where, where for people listening that go, cool, this could be really interesting for me to be a part of. What are those kind of parameters? What, what's the stage that they, does their business need to be at? So Marissa and I look at companies even pre-revenue and we believe this is where a lot of women really struggle getting funding. So if we really believe in the product and we, we can see product market fit and we we know that it's an area that we can see potential growth, then, then we'll, we'll look at it. At this stage in time, I think we have one investment that we've made over here that is um, they're still working on their MVP and pre-revenue. But they have tested the product and we we know that it, it, it has potential to work. And how does that, is there sort of amounts of money? Like you say, okay, well, I need 2 million or I need 10 million or like, you know, if, if I kind of have an idea and things, how do I approach that for you in terms of doing the right pitch? Marissa and I usually write checks anywhere between two hundred and fifty to seven hundred and fifty thousand, and we do like to lead where we can and take a board seat. Marissa and I have quite different backgrounds, so mine is more consumer tech and hers is enterprise tech, and so that's the area we tend to focus on. But it also means that we bring something different to the companies that we're investing in. We don't like to write a check and walk away. We really like to get involved with the female founders and mentor them, develop them, make all of the right introductions and really help where where we can. And then we allow room for follow-on as well. So uh, when they go for their, their next funding uh, round, we, we like to make sure that we, we have money to invest there as well. Last year during the pandemic, the percentage of funding to women actually went down. So it went from an all-time high of 2.7% to around about 2.2% last year. That's in the US. The numbers are slightly better in Australia, actually. And I think Canva actually drives 
those numbers because obviously female-led, a very successful Australian tech company. Marissa and I have six investments, three in Australia, three in the US, um, all quite different, but really focused on enterprise and consumer tech. And we really like um, SaaS as a, as a business model as well. I think it's a great concept. I mean, you're talking about, you know, having a board seat and mentoring them, knowing the both of you and your expertise and backgrounds. Like, I would be delighted to have you as part of my business. Like, I think these, you know, ventures are so lucky and probably don't realise it until they start working with you guys. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with Marissa and I is we're, we're quite different to most other VCs because we're both operators. So we both had extensive backgrounds in, in tech companies, whereas a lot of VCs you'll find a, a more sort of, they come from a, a finance type background. Um, and I think that really benefits the founders that we work with. I have more experience scaling companies and Marissa has a lot of experience building companies and, and growing teams. So I think that's quite unique, what, what we can bring to, to our founders. And because we both have that different background, we really look at the company where we think um, Rissa's skills are better, we'll pop her on the board and where we think my skills might be better, well, then I'll take that seat. Yeah, great. Fantastic. So let's get into the um, the nitty gritty part then of why why you think this is an issue. I mean, as you said before, around a lot of the um, VC firms uh, have, you know, full of men. So it's not only, you know, the female factor, it's actually white men that have come from a particular finance background. So that you're really missing that diversity element. And they obviously have, you know, the theory of understanding, you know, coming from a finance element, but not the practice of running businesses and how tough it is and all those kind of elements. What can we do about this to try and make an impact or change? What needs to happen in your view? Uh, well, I mean, definitely what I said before in terms of getting women in the seats that are the funders. So we need to be promoting more women within venture capital firms. You'd be surprised uh, how much of that is actually going on in the US now. It's it's quite positive. But we don't see much of that in Australia. I mean, we again, like 10 uh, female VCs or GPs in venture capital firms in Australia is a real shocking number and something that, that needs to be worked on. I don't know. I feel like women are just not given an easy go if they're put in front of a man. And they've, they've, they've done all sorts of reports on this that if a female goes up before a male GP and goes up to a female GP, that they are treated quite differently. The male will ask them all sorts of questions that they probably wouldn't ask men if they were coming in to be funded. That needs to be looked at as well, like the kind of process that, that goes on uh, within the VC world to, to, to get funded and, and the kind of questioning and the due diligence that goes on needs to be somewhat streamlined. Are there quotas in the US? Is that why that, that number's shifting, do you think? or um, And do you feel Australia needs to have quotas to get you know, to get some change because this stuff is obviously not moving fast enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any quotas, but I think there's a real realisation in the US that we need more women at the top. And it's actually proven that if we back women, they give us a 35% higher return on investment on our money. Phenomenal. And I think you and I have both obviously run big companies in our careers and you know, I've had like uh, being in tourism, a lot of the staff are female. So probably 75%, you know, and 25% male, you know, not to massively generalize, but 
you know, I think just from a, a female, um, you know, work ethic and, it, you know, we've had to work hard to get there and to prove ourselves and, you know, to be driven and, you know, have to deal with all the things at home and all that sort of stuff as well. Like most women are bloody hard workers and if they get, you know, given money, they want to prove themselves. They're generally more careful with their money. They want to do the right thing by their investors. They definitely look after their money better than their male counterparts. I obviously have only backed female founders, so I, I don't have an individual comparison, but I do know that the female founders we back are, are very, very cautious of where, of where their money goes. What else can we change then? What else needs to happen? I think one thing that happened uh, during the pandemic is that it affected women more than it affected men in the workplace. So a lot of women had to be home to help homeschool and look after their kids during the pandemic. That's kind of the job, unfortunately, of a female more than it, than it is of a male. And, and we need to see a real shift at home that men are putting in more because I'm sure there's some incredible female founders out there that had to put on hold business ideas uh, during the pandemic to stay at home and, and, and look after children. And I think I don't think we've seen the full effect of that yet. So, you know, I really do encourage uh, women to get back out there and hopefully things are starting to get back to normal now and there's not all of that that pull at, at home anymore. I think, again, it's around those conversations. I don't know, like, you know, with my husband, we share all that sort of stuff very equally, but I just never gave him an option. <laughs> I think that was the thing. I was like, when I used to travel so much, he, when we first got together, he couldn't cook. And I said, well, you're going to have to learn to cook because otherwise you're going to starve. But it is interesting. And I think it gives into another topic, though, in this realm, and it's probably relevant. But I do see, you know, there's almost like that rod you make for your own back a bit. It's going to be controversial. But I do feel that men, uh, there's a fundamental lazy element. If they can get away with something that's a bit easy, they will, right? So if, you know, they drop their towels and their clothes around or whatever, and then you just kind of put a blind eye because I'm like, I'm, not, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that. And it just builds up over days. And all that's happening is you're getting agitated. And they're like, oh, whatever. Oh, cool. She's fine with me just leaving everything around. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, nah. I generally bring it, put it all together and put it on his work desk. So he sits there, <laughs> he sits there every day, right? So it's the one place he goes to every, every work day. And if I've piled everything up on his desk that he's left around the house, then he generally gets the hint. Um, and another way that I helps me get over it and I guess make it somewhat humorous is I've got a WhatsApp group with some girlfriends and we take photos of what our husbands leave around the house and send it to each other. I mean, we're being, you know, trivial about it, topics that, but it's real, right? Because this shit is real that we're dealing with this at home and all of us that run businesses, it's a partnership and it doesn't matter whether you have a business partner being your, you know, husband or partner or, or um, your wife or, you know, your home and life partner as well. It's it's a partnership in so many ways. And I think that's the key point that you have to have those conversations and go, I can't carry all the load at work as well as at home. We've got to share this stuff together and, you know, how you can kind of divide and conquer. So important. If things aren't equal around the house, how are we supposed to be equal at work and contribute the same amount Work-wise, it just, it, it's impossible. Women don't speak up enough either, do we? I mean, if we need help, whether it's help from your husband or your girlfriend around the corner, sometimes we just take on the world, um, think we can do it all ourselves. And sometimes you just need to talk up. 
Come back to then, like, so I want to pitch my company to you. How do I go about that? Is there an application process that people have to fill in online? Do they need a deck, you know, like a fancy thing that they've got to put together? What's your advice on how people approach VCs like you? I mean, most founders, well, all founders that, that we've spoken to will obviously have an investor deck. That's really important. And I'm sure any female founder that's asking for funding knows that that's fundamentally what you've got to work on first. There's all sorts of like accelerators and pre-accelerators as well. My business partner, Marissa, has her own pre-accelerator for female tech founders, a company called Elevaco, which is set up as a, as a charity actually. And she kind of helps these females get investor ready. So teaching them everything they need to know before they actually go out and pitch and you know, teaching them so much that she actually teaches them how to put together their investor deck and how to read through that investor deck and how to, how to pitch to investors. And in fact, quite a lot of our, I think half of uh, our portfolio companies have gone through her pre-accelerator, which is great because we know that they've learned from the best, Marissa, <laughs> uh, and, and we've got to see their business a little bit and we understand a little bit more about the female founder as well. But I mean, our website is aliavia, A-L-I-V-I-A, aliavia.vc. So there's a lot of information on our site about the kinds of companies that we invest in and our investment thesis and, and you can get in contact with us there as well or follow us on LinkedIn. It's a pretty simple process as long as you fit within the boundaries. It's a tech company, female founded, at least one female founder on the founding team with a significant equity share and a C-level role. Kate, the last thing I want to know is what is your vision? You know, what is good or amazing look like to you in this space? You know, if we're sitting at 2.7% now, what's your realistic hope for the future and, and where it's headed? Shouldn't it be half? I mean, <laughs> really? I mean, we, we, we obviously need to get more women founders out there. And there's so many incredible business ideas that women have that just never, ever get funding. I, I just think it's so important for them to get their name out there. Really, women don't use their network as much as men do. You know, men, you would agree with this, they'll go down to the pub on a Friday afternoon or whatever and, and someone will say, oh, I've got this business idea and you'll go, oh, mate, I can help you with that. You know, I can introduce you to that person and that person and you should speak to them and I'll send you an email and introduce you to that person. And women just don't do that kind of networking the same way. We need to support each other more. Is it because there's an insecurity element going, I don't want to tell anyone about my idea because, I, you know, they might think it's dumb or, you know, I'm not ready yet. You know, that whole perfection element that I don't want to talk about it till it's 90% there. And isn't there that crazy statistic around women are notorious about that, like with jobs, they won't put their hand forward, even if, like I've had tons of examples where I go, okay, you're ready. Come on. I want you to apply for this job promotion. And they'd be like, oh no, I'm only like 95% there. I'm not quite ready yet. Whereas a guy will go 50%, you know, has the ability You go, I'll do it. And so do you think that's part of it as well? Like with a business that, you know, they need to bounce off each other a bit more and get some kind of feedback and some thoughts on connections. and yeah, Definitely that, but I think it's the environment that's created that because women don't get funding. So why would you try if you're only getting 2.7% of all VC funding? That's a scary number for a female founder. Why would I spend all my time putting together business ideas and pitching it to VCs if I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get funded? That whole scenario and thinking needs to shift and women need to be more confident. And if we have more VC GPs and more venture capital funds that focus on female tech founders, it, it's going to provide that environment for them to feel more comfortable to come out. 
Yeah, beautiful. Kate, it's been fabulous to talk to you today about this topic, such a, a new and interesting thing that lots of people probably wouldn't know a lot about. So thanks for sharing your insights. It's been fabulous. Thank you, Shell. Thanks for having me. I miss you. Miss you too. Hopefully see you soon. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.